Hey guys, it's Josh with the MPG Real Estate Podcast. I have Wynn Martin here from Trophy Point Realty. What's up, Wynn? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. How's it going? Good, good. Um, so, how have you guys been holding up through COVID? Tell you what, uh, business for us has been been really good through COVID. If, if we didn't know COVID was going on, I mean, you wouldn't tell by our board or by our business. Uh, things are chugging right along, which is, uh, which is good. Do you see any kind of drop off like in the next couple of months or what do you think is going to happen? I haven't seen any drop off this whole time. Uh, who knows what the future is going to hold, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully things just keep going. The market's really hot right now. Um, our interest rates are down. It's a great time to buy, great time to sell. So until something changes. Since, um, I was going to ask you this, we were talking before uh, we started, when once that eviction like notice thing fell off like did you guys see an uptick in incoming leads or like has it been pretty steady so it's been pretty steady um i haven't noticed much i mean there's still a whole lot of stuff backlogs in the courts and all those things going on uh so it's not like a drop off of a cliff of how that's going to happen i mean they're about three months out right now with evictions if you do want to file an eviction um and between the forbearance and everything else if something happens in the market it's probably going to happen you know spring summer next year by the time everything catches up a lot of people are looking for, you know, the, the good deal, 50% off because people are losing their jobs. I mean, that stuff's just not, it's not realistic. Um, you know, down the road, who knows what's going to happen, but uh, we haven't noticed any kind of really movement on that. Okay. Um, so let's talk about, like, how'd you get started? So um, going back, are you from Savannah? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Came down here in 2000. I was stationed at Fort Stewart. I was in the Army. Um, spent my time, majority of my time here when I transitioned out of the military. Uh, my wife is an ER nurse, and so uh, we said, hey, where do, you, where do you want to live? And she liked it here. So we just uh, planted roots and been here ever since. So I've been here 20 plus years. Um, started renting before I knew the advantages of home ownership. Uh, in 01, I bought my first house uh, to live in, and then shortly thereafter started buying investment properties. Okay. Yeah. So like, how long, when did you retire? Oh, uh, we didn't retire, I just, uh, 04. So I got out of the military in 04. Okay, I don't know. Yep. Um, and uh, then I got into a couple sales positions. And then about three years ago, uh, opened up the Savannah branch of my brokerage. And uh, that's, you know, where Trophy Point Realty Group comes from. So when is the first time, so what's the first investment that you bought? Let's go back. Like, Well, first investment I bought was the, the first home I lived in. Right. So anytime you buy a house, whether you buy it for an investment purpose or whether you buy it to live in, it's still an investment, right? <laughs> okay, You're still yeah. investing in yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, and most people, because rents here in Savannah, uh, a lot of transit people with military and Gulfstream and SCAD and all, all, the, all the industries here in Savannah, in the ports, a lot of people will buy a house, live in it, and then when they move, they'll keep it as a rental. Um, there are more, um, last stat, I don't know specifically the numbers, but there are more rentals in Savannah than owner occupants. I think it's like 60%. It's something crazy. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like 62% or something. Yeah, 64. Something yeah, like more people are renting. So, um, and even at that, uh, your economics, your supply and demand curve still aren't being met. More people need yeah. to rent than supply. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just look at it as anytime somebody buys a house, as long as it's within reason. Now, if you buy too expensive a house and you can't, you know, your mortgage payment doesn't cover the rent, you know, then you wouldn't want to rent that out because you wanted to take a loss all the time. But your average house, you know, 100000 150000 even up to $200,000, you buy it, live in it whenever you move, a year, five years, 10 years, keeping it as a rental is a good option in Savannah. Well, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like having a realtor that's got, I, I don't mean to like plug you necessarily, but like 
that's got their thumb on the market, right? You know which neighborhoods to buy in at that 150, 160, where in 5, 10, 15 years, like we know where it's trending, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all real estate's local. Uh, what happens here is going to be different than happens like even in Hinesville or Statesboro or Atlanta. Um, and so definitely finding people that you trust and that know, you know, have your thumb on the pulse. Yeah. To know what, what, what neighborhoods are upcoming, what neighborhoods um, have already crested that peak. Uh, you know, it's important. So, okay. After you buy your first house that you live in, yeah. what's the first investment property you did? Uh, then the next, my, my first straight up investment property was purchased in 03. Okay, in 03. Yeah, long-term rental. So, um, Do you still have that one? I still have it. Okay. Yep, I've not sold any of my properties. What's the numbers on it? What'd you buy for? Uh, bought it for, um, let's see, bought it for 130 down okay. in Richmond Hill. Okay. Oh, that's a great yep. spot. Yeah. Um, I've had it now for 18 years, going on 18 yeah, years. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, time's fly. Time's <laughs> fly. Um, and it, it stays rented out all the time. So. Um, How much are you getting rent there? Uh, rent on that one is about 1500 a month. Okay, so that's a great investment. Yep, yeah. and I owe, I refinanced it a couple years back, and I owe, I don't know, like 80 something on it. Um, I mean, so, it's free yeah, cash, right? So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it why not take it? Really well. yep. yeah. um, so then, fast forward to when you started, how many investment properties have you gotten in that time? So, uh, investment properties, looking at seven. Seven, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's a nice portfolio. Yeah, nice yeah. portfolio. And then uh, also a couple of years ago, started doing some flips. Okay. Uh, on the side, so I do both flips. I, it depends on what depends on what the market needs. I mean, what, whatever's good. People ask me all the time, do you do long term holes or do you do flips? I say I do both. Depends on what the, what the numbers work out to be. It's interesting. So like eighteen years ago, you you obviously were like attracted to real estate. Yeah. And then what was the, like the delay? Like why why didn't you get into it then? Like what made you think? Great. That's a great question. So, uh, you know, 18 years ago, I was young. You kind of grow up. Most most young people grow up uh, with the thought of, oh, you got to work for a company because you have benefits, um, steady paycheck, all those things. Yeah. Uh, when you're in real estate, when you're in certain uh, certain industries that are uh, no guaranteed pay, you know, if you don't perform, you're not getting paid. That's that's daunting for a lot of young people. So a lot of young people get into corporate America until they kind of get sick of it for whatever reason and then realize, hey, I want to do my own thing, be my own boss. Same thing. I heard uh, this great quote on Joe Rogan podcast one time. It was, there's two great addictions in life, uh, heroin and a monthly paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the, what, depending on uh, the job you have, a lot of times are called the golden handcuffs. Cause yeah. Because so, you know, the benefits are good, the pay is good, it's steady. Um, you know, it's good enough to never want to leave. So they kind of have you... They have you captive. Um, it'll take a life event or something like that to actually be the catalyst to, to have you jump ship into your own own business. But uh, I, like I said, I did that about three years ago. Never looked back, and probably the best decision I've ever made. Well, what made you so then transitioning? I know we've talked about it before. So you went in the medical field for a while, or yeah. uh, medical management, or whatever. And then, so then what, what, what was that transition? What was that moment you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going for it. Yep. Um, there was, uh, I guess the, the best way to put it, when I was in the military, um, one of the reasons why I transitioned out of the military was um, you, you don't really work to a, a standard, you work to a time, right? You work from nine to five, no matter how much you do. If you do a ton or you do a little bit, it doesn't matter. You can, you got to, 
you punch out at five o'clock. Um, and if you're very efficient and you get done at one o'clock, guess what? You still got to sit around Twitter's dumps till five o'clock because they don't. There's no value of really? efficiency stuff like that. It's in a lot of industries. Yeah. Um, and the military, by I means I love my military time. Military is fantastic. Yeah. But one of the inefficiencies was you would be very good at your job, do it very, you know, do it efficiently, and you wouldn't be rewarded for it. Um, and basically, that transitions into corporate America as well. So, you know, the the job I had prior to me making this jump uh, kind of had a similar uh, thing. You know, oversight, micromanaging. You know, I, the efficiencies weren't uh, there. There wasn't an advantage. To, to some of those things um, and I just kind of got tired of the bureaucracy and the red tape and was like you know what you know now now I'll say all this that uh, my best friend who owns his company right uh, we were West Point classmates together he's been asking me for 10 years why don't you get rid of that job and come work get your license get, you know and I'm like I, I get good pay I get good benefits there's golden handcuffs I'm like I don't want to leave I got yeah. a good job he's like no come work so year after year after year he would kind of Pride and be like, hey, come on, come on, come on. I'm like, eh. And finally, one day, I was like, you know what? Let me do it. I just got tired, got tired of corporate America. It's pretty cool that he, I mean, like, he must know you really well to see that in you, right? Like, to be like, he must have known that you would be successful in real estate. Like, oh, yeah, we've been, we, we, like I said, I've known him for 25 years now. Um, we went through West Point together, uh, was in the, we were in the army together. Um, he's godfather to my child. Oh, it's um, time. Yeah, so there's a lot of, Earned trust and inherent trust yeah. um, with that. So you guys served like in the same. You know, it's surprising we never served in the same unit. That we were always right next to each other, um, all kind of all the way through our careers. So never directly served together um, in the unit, but we were always close the gym together, go eating lunch together, you know, taking vacation stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate that um, he owns his company and allows me the leniency to to kind of run the Savannah office. You know, as autonomously as I can. So they're not here, right? Like your guys' headquarters, just yeah, people our, that don't know. Yeah, yeah. Our our main office is in Fayetteville, Georgia, south side of Atlanta, right outside of Peachtree City. Okay. Um, so uh, Rich being the, the qualifying broker, he comes down periodically, um, you know, as any good boss and leader should, uh, to check on things. But on a day-to-day operation, um, we're, we're kind of on our own down here. But that's where he trusts us, right? You want right, yeah. any kind of leadership, you want to work with people that you know and that you trust. Um, and uh, he's able to do that with us. Which another, I don't like not. Uh, so like, I feel like that's common in guys that come from the military. That leadership ability, right? Yeah, I found that to be. It is. It is. Um, there's there's inherent trust in that, that between the training um, that you get in the military and a lot of people, uh, their the morals and values that you were raised with growing up you know, kind of make you who you are, and then you get kind of honed a little bit in the military. So when you come out on the backside, whether that's five years like myself, or if your career, you do 20, 25 years and retire, um, you know, in corporate America and in the, the real world, I mean, that's a that's a valuable skill that um, that people want and people feel comfort, comfort in. Yeah. yeah, especially in this community, right, where the military's like... Oh, huge, yeah. huge military here, absolutely. Um, so you guys start... Um, What's been the story so far, like in the last three years? So, like, what's what was your first year like? Oh, great question. So, um, you know, I was very, uh, I'd say, very much like most realtors when you start, right? You don't get your first sale for, you know, three, four, six months. Yeah. You know, you're working, working, working. Um, Which how long did it take you? It took me. Well, I was a little bit different because 
Um, any agent out there, your number one referral source is your sphere of influence, right? The more people you know, the more likely you are to have a sale. Yeah. If you go into a new community and you don't know anybody, God bless you, good luck, because it's going to be tough to, to find some. <laughs> so um, throughout my uh, career before I was in, in uh, real estate, I had a pretty decent sphere of people who invested in real in real estate. So my first sale actually um, was basically the second day I had my license. Um, one of my one of my friends, uh, an investor that I work with that I still work with, um, probably helped him buy and sell a dozen homes or so over the years. Um, he was like, "Hey, you got your license now? Can you help me?" I was like, "Great." So uh, that was, but that's very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, the 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 main the main business didn't start kicking up until probably six months in. So okay. I had I had a, a quick sale. Um, and then I was working on growing and doing all the things you need to do, but it wasn't until five or six months in when it really, the light bulb really started clicking and then it's been a down, downhill snowball ever since. And then like, so, so since the beginning, was it you and Pat? I don't know if anybody doesn't know, Pat Wilver. Yeah, no, and, yeah. yep. So um, it was just me. Uh, I was working out of my house, not in this lovely office that we're in today. Um, so got my license. Uh, like I said, about a little over three years ago. For the first two years, it was just me. Okay. Um, and it was just me hustling, doing everything I could, burn up the phones, burn up the roads. You needed something, any day, weekends, any location, I was there. I didn't realize that for the first two years, it yeah. was just you. First two years, it was just me. And at some point, um, it just got to be too much, which yeah. is a good problem to have, yeah. absolutely a great problem to have. So we needed to add on uh, another agent. So about a year ago, uh, Pat Wilver, uh, who happens to be another West Point grad, uh, uh, he wanted to get his license and he joined just about a year ago now. Uh, so he became number two, second, uh, second agent in the office. And then over the end of last year, uh, we had a uh, we had Kelly Duncan come. She's an interior decorator, um, and she was kind of being a, an assistant kind of for us as as our business is growing while she was getting licensed to do real estate full-time. She got her license in February of this year. So now she's our third agent. And then a few months after she got her license, uh, Ryan Murphy uh, joined the team. So right now we have four full-time, yeah, four full-time agents. Um, Ryan does a lot of our uh, maintenance or property management stuff. Okay. Property management side of stuff. He doesn't do a whole lot of the selling side. He does more of the, the, the property management stuff. Um, and then we have another assistant that we're having work out. So we're growing. It's been a year. That's like it's, amazing growth. It's been, it's been really good. And, and once again, I'm very fortunate and blessed that we have the business to support that. Um, and it's not gonna be too much longer before we probably pick up another agent just cause I mean, our, you can see our board. That's yeah. Our, I mean, yeah. A, well, for those deals, who can't see it. Yeah. Deals, deals coming all the time. So, um, yeah, I'm always looking for good people that uh, want to hustle and, and work autonomously. I know when you guys first were, I don't know about the whole company, when this branch first started, you guys were um, investor uh, focused, right? Yes. So is that still where you're primarily getting most of your business or has it um, kind of opened up? You know, it's, it's probably 60-40, 60% investor focused and okay. 40% just your owner occupant. Right. Um, but we're, we're able to help out between everybody here in the office. We all kind of have specific roles and okay. strengths that we like. Um, 
So we, we divvy up you know, all the responsibilities and the leads as they come in to make sure the per this person has it. One thing that we do in our office that I think a lot of brokers don't do, um, we're not competitive, right? We're not trying to beat anybody out. We're not trying to split a dollar. Somebody comes through the door, we wanna make sure they're helped the best way they can. And if that means I'm giving it to Kelly because she lives in you know a certain area or Pat because he has a certain specialty or myself or whatever, um, we, we just share we share the leads and we share everything and if everybody's doing well the the sea you know as the sea rises all ships right rise, whatever that the saying yeah, is like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah we're not we're not competitive not cutthroat we're all about helping each other succeed because if everybody I mean I want everybody to succeed right yeah. I want us all to kill who wants to be by themselves yeah yeah absolutely um, so that's kind of interesting do you think that that's so that's something that came from your guys's like is that something that they practice in Fayetteville or is that kind of something that you kind of implemented this branch. Um, I think probably a little bit of both. Um, I had a really good friend years ago um, talking about an analogy of splitting a dollar, right? So in most industries, most life situations, everybody's trying to split a dollar a certain way. So if, if there's a dollar and I need 60 cents, I'm probably taking it from you. And you don't want me taking your 60 cents, right? So you're going to fight that dollar being split, Yeah. right? Um, and he's like, why, why are we trying to split a dollar? Why don't we all just make more dollars? Yeah, that's all I was just gonna... Like, and it, it, it was so, it was off the cuff. And, I mean, that stuck with me from that moment. I was like, why is everybody fighting for that same dollar? Yeah. It's not like there are only two houses or three houses to sell or buy and help people with in Savannah. It's infinite. There are so many people out there that want to sell and so many people that want to buy. Um, I mean, every day when you check the listings and the leads, you know, you get 10, 15, 20 new houses every day and you get yeah. 10, 20 new on the market. I mean... It's constant. There's no shortage of business out there. So, you know, until there's a, a shortage, I mean, why, why try and split a dollar? Just make more dollars. I think, too, that a lot of people that are new, both in the investing world, like in kind of what we do, and in real, the realtor world, like y'all do, I think in any sales profession, probably, uh, I think they get in that mentality, right? Like, they get real down, like, when we, like, I know I'm guilty of it when you don't get that, that one house, right? Like, you know. I actually had this moment. It's actually when we first – something that taught me exactly what you're saying, but it was like in a different way. We were doing a that first deal that we did um, with that first buyer out yeah. in Rinkin. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and he called and wanted to give me down on the price a little bit or whatever. Normal. You know, no, 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 nothing against that. Um, and I that was our only deal, and we had nothing mm -hmm. in the works at all beyond mm -hmm. that. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to keep the lights up on with that going on? And he said, if this is your only deal, you might not even deserve to have your lights on. And I was like, that is absolutely true. Like yeah. this guy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, this deals everything. For this guy, this is just like another just another, another deal. Yeah, just another one. Yep. And I think that, yeah, I think yeah, that goes along with what you're kind yeah, of saying. Yeah, you're, once you're in real estate long enough, and I've, I've like, so once again, Rich, uh, he's been my mentor uh, since I started, right? He's great. So we go way back, personal, professional, like that. He's had a lot of good mentors in the Atlanta market. The Atlanta market's a totally different beast. Than the oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And some of the big, some of the big players up there were mentoring him. Um, and everybody gets down when you lose a deal. Uh, you're like, oh, you, you know, you lost a listing, or you, you, you lost a sale, or something like that. And you, you kind of kick yourself, uh, what could have been. And the best advice that he got from his mentors, and he's passed it on to me, and I'm trying to do the same, pay it forward to, to everybody here in Savannah offices. You just got to forget it. Like there's, there's another, chase another check, chase, chase another deal. There, there's, you can't do anything about it. Don't, you know, wallow in your, in the pity, 
that you missed it, just just get the next one. And there's no shortage of next ones. And before oh, you know yeah. it, you, 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 it, that one night sucks, right? You're like, oh, you're kicking yourself, you don't sleep, whatever. The, the next day you wake up or maybe two days later, you really forget all about it because you're on to the next. Yeah. I think too, it's kind of funny, like I don't like to quote Grant Cardone that much, sure. but like um, one of the things that he, he said that sticks with me that's kind of similar is like, that when you're born or going up, kind of everybody like pushes like this like uh, scarcity mentality on you, mm-hmm. and so when you go into the adult world, you, you feel like there's only like so much of this, so much of that, right? Sure. Um, but in reality, opportunities created most of the time. So there's no there's an infinite amount of opportunity that can be created if everybody just kind of like roasts the occasion, right? Yeah. Like, don't spend so much time dwelling in the past on your old deal. Let's yep. get on with it. I mean, one of the uh, one of the books is a hundred years old. Seven, seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yeah, I love that Written in the 30s, right? Yeah. 100 years. Crazy, but all those principles still, you know, are in effect today. After 90, almost 100 years. And the first principle being, uh, you know, being proactive. And, and the more proactive you are and the bigger the net you're um, casting, uh, the more influence you make, the more stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Right? And, and, it, and on the other side, if everything always happens to you, woe is me, the world hates me, the world affects me, and you're not casting a net, nothing's gonna happen. Um, just a paradigm shift in your thinking that if you want to you know, be a good person, pay it forward, volunteer your time, give to people, you'll be amazed at what comes back by not trying to get something out of a transaction, um, not even a monetary transaction, which is doing things is the right thing to do. Um, good things happen. I mean, if you, if you do the right thing and live a good life and work honestly, you'd be amazed at, I mean, it's kind of kind of intuitive nowadays with the competitive market and the uh, instant gratification and everything, but, but doing what's right, you, you'll, you'll find uh, it come back tenfold. And, and that, throughout my three years so far, I'm at the point now where your phone just kind of rings because meetings you've had or people you know or whatever, um, by doing the right thing, treating people fair, treating people right, and casting that net, and people call it luck. It's like, well, it's not luck, right? Yeah. You're, you, I guess you're manufacturing luck by taking a phone call, taking a meeting. I, I meet with anybody. I get phone calls all the time. Like, hey, can we meet? I'm not sure. I don't know if our paths will ever cross again, but it's worth a meeting. It's worth a yeah. cup of coffee, worth a lunch, worth a sit down at the table. Um, and you do enough of those, you're expanding your sphere, and you know, good things kind of happen. Yeah, I think, I mean, networking's essential, it's right? It's networking. It's and networking it's, one-on-one. It's like a, a quote from uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is, uh, poor people think you have to give money to get money, mm-hmm. and rich people know you have to give. Yeah. I'm reversing yeah. it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 What am I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay, so let's go back. Let's get back on topic, I guess. Sure. So, uh, what, hardest deal you've ever done? I don't. I don't know if I can specifically. <laughs> like be, some, you can be vague, obviously. I've had general. some. I've had some doozies. This this question wasn't quite right for us. I may need to punt a little bit. But there are, there are more uh, difficult deals than easy deals. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but I will also caveat it by saying, um, I think I'd like to think that I do maybe a little bit more than the average realtor. Mm-hmm. out there so I volunteer myself and I get myself into into sometimes little pickles um, where other people might might not so uh, you know the way that I do real estate uh, and the way I want to try and live my life is 
you know, take care of the person that I'm trying to take care of. And if that means you're volunteering your time or helping out or doing above and beyond things because it's the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do. But then that also fills your schedule up pretty, when you're running here, running there, outside of the quote unquote scope of, scope of work. So some of these deals... Um, like you have like one that like comes to mind, like obviously I know, you know, like stay vague, but you know. Um, let me, let me, let me think. Um, <laughs> you, you, you may need to, you may need to come back on if, if I can think about this here in a minute. Um, but yeah, there aren't many deals that are pretty easy. Um, there's always, some, you always learn something on every deal. Um, some of them are tricky, some of them are complicated. Um, but that's also why you get a paycheck, right? A lot of people also think, what do I need a realtor for? I can do it myself. Right? Yeah. And easy deals, easy deals you, you may be able to do yourself, right? Um, but a lot of the, the knowledge, um, kind of like a lawyer or a doctor or anything else, like, it, you know, I think, I think it's pretty easy to cut into my side and take something out of myself. Maybe not so much. You know, you need to have the knowledge of what it is. And if you work with, with a good team and, and good folks and good realtors, they have that knowledge to, to kind of guide you. Now, of course, if it's just, here's here's cash, here's this, you, anybody can do a contract and you probably might not need a realtor. Yeah. But it's it's for the times that things get sticky and it's more times than not that you, you kind of want that expertise. What do you think the future of that is with the internet? Right, so like, I know that that put, I know that's sure. like a sticky question in the no, it's great real estate question. world, but. It's a great question. Um, um, time will tell, I mean, Will we eventually get phased out in this industry to an extent? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's been a huge shift over the last few years just with Zillow, Realtor, all the other websites out there um, that bring all the, the uh, houses to your doorstep, to your bed, right on your, own, on your phone. Right? Oh, it's been an art. I mean, both, I mean, most people do it that way now. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody walking into your office, sitting down, saying, I want to buy a house, find me a house, that's few and far between. Most of them come to you already with a house in mind. Like, hey, I found this online, can I see it? Um, now, I personally believe that um, business in general, any kind of business uh, since the beginning of time, whether it was cavemen doing business together or down the road, robots and AI doing business together, right? You do business with people that you know and people that you trust. Yeah. Whether you're buying a pizza, buying a car, buying a house, buying a computer, doing whatever. People that you know and people that you trust are the people that you can do business with. Um, there's convenience in the computer, there's convenience in these websites, um, but there's still a personal connection in most uh, industries that I, I think people aren't going to want to get away from. I kind of err on the side of like, I mean, most people's biggest purchase is their house. Absolutely. So they're going to want to do it with somebody they trust, but like you were saying, I, I do think that, I mean, if the internet poses an interesting problem for realtors, right? Exactly. Especially in the future. I'm curious how that... Well, but there's also, there's a give and take, right, with the internet. Um, because where does the internet get all its data from? They yeah. buy, right? They buy the data from the various sites. You know, MLS. MLS, yeah. stuff like that. Um, and this question of, is Zillow going to take over? Is Realtor going to take over? Is, are we going to be phased out? I think there's a, a balance there because um, the reason why they're successful is they're being allowed to be successful to an extent by how all that data is kind of coming in and everything like that. Um, if push comes to shove and if everybody just didn't sell their data anymore, 
there wouldn't be any houses online to, to see. Um, now that being said, somebody's always going to create a better mousetrap. Right now, the better mousetrap is Zillow and Realtor and everything else. So if you, you know, if you shift from there, somebody else is going to figure out a way. But um, I think as an industry, uh, any industry uh, is always going to be protective of its its people and of its livelihood. Um, and so now I, I say that jokingly because I'm sure there are uh, VHS and Betamax and A-Track people who are like trying to fight for that and that just happened to, you know, it's like, yeah. hey, they're gone. Now CDs are gone. I mean, all that stuff's gone. It's all digital. Um, but I mean, I would hope that people still want to have a personal interaction with somebody that they know and that they trust um, because one of the biggest things that I'm asked for as a realtor is my opinion. Okay, yeah. What do you think of dot, dot, dot? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think of that? And that's something that a computer can't give. They can't give an opinion. They can give a estimate, which is never right, by the way. Those estimates are always wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, but but uh, right now, that opinion is something that's valuable. I think it's interesting to the estimate comment because, especially in Savannah, right? Like every block changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's crazy. I don't think I've. I mean, this that one of the unique things about this market. I think like. Yeah. Have you ever been somewhere where... I never have. It, this, this market... So this, this area is kind of weird. So coming from Ohio, when it would rain, it would rain everywhere. It'd be a blanket across the whole city. Michigan too, yeah. Yep, you're either going to get wet or you're not. Yeah. Period. Here, it's so splotchy. It'll, it'll rain here in one block and not in the next block. <laughs> yeah. And I've been here 20 years now. And the same thing goes with crime, believe it or not. Yeah. Right? Crime is almost block to block. Back in the Midwest, like if you had a bad area of crime, the whole part of town is bad. Like not here. I mean, crime won't cross over roads for which I still don't understand. It's so crazy, but it is what it is. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of compartmentalized how that is. It's it's very odd. I wonder what what do you think that causes that? I don't know. I I got no idea. I wonder why it's maybe just because the way yeah. Um. So, what's your guys' plan going forward in the future? Sure. Um, we're going to continue to grow. So the thing, uh, the way that we're setting up our Savannah office is going to be mirroring uh, the, uh, the home office. So we do full service everything, right? We help buy, sell, invest. We do property management. Uh, we can help with renovations. We want to be anybody's one-stop shop. So we have, we have clients from out of state who have never, found, never, never seen a house, right? We find them in the house. We help them buy the house. We help with the contracting and the renovations and kind of you know, help get them connected with the people that they need connected with, kind of pop in, oversee everything, list the house, sell the house, and they just get a check. And it's been a handful of people who have never even, never even been to Savannah, never seen a house, and we're able to do it start to finish. So um, as we're growing our business, uh, we want to make sure that we're doing number one customer service, you know, follow-up phone calls, communication, make sure that people hear from us and are comfortable with us but the service that we want to offer is full, a full service brokerage we can do anything you need or if you don't want any of it that's fine too if you want to oversee it all you want to do it all we can do as much or as little as you want um, we're not going to grow into like a mega brokerage here uh, that's just not who we are we don't want to have 40 agents and 80 agents and have to you know worry about all that stuff we're going to which how many do they have in Atlanta uh, in Atlanta, they have about a dozen. Okay. Yep. Is so, that kind of what you expect here, or smaller? Or? No, probably. I would say you know somewhere in the ten or twelve. Okay. Um, I know years back. I mean, we've had 40, 50 agents working for our brokerage, 
Um, and all you do is put out fires, right? When you're having to yeah. manage 40, 50 people, statistically all 40, 50 people aren't gonna kill it and be rock stars and you're gonna have some people who are doing borderline things and you're having to- Say crazy things. Crazy things, yeah. you can talk to the board and you have to discipline, like that, that's, you know, that's a management thing that if you wanna manage people, that's cool, but if you wanna sell real estate, you don't have time to, you don't have time to sell real estate effectively and manage that kind of stuff, so. Um, we're gonna we have to grow inevitably just because you know right now business is so good we're gonna we're gonna expand um, but we want to have a streamlined operation where we all work together um, we all grow together and we all enjoy life you think that there you guys have like plans for future outside of Savannah so it's, right now it's just Atlanta Savannah right now it's just Atlanta Savannah um, we haven't thought that far ahead okay um, or at least not publicly uh, no, not even privately. <laughs> not even privately. Um, but I mean, Remax and uh, Keller Williams—they started one office. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, right now it's not in the plans for that. I mean, Steve um, Jobs started in a garage. Right? Everybody right. starts at one. Everybody starts at one. And yeah. Then it goes to two. Then it goes to four. And before you know it, you're regional, and then you're your first your local, then regional, yeah. then you're national, stuff like that. Um, I know we don't want to go like you know to that little <laughs> by means um, Rich doesn't want like locations in Hawaii and no, Canada and no he doesn't but, uh, international. you know we love we love helping people buy and sell real estate we, we really have a passion for it both everybody in the in the home office up in Atlanta um, and, and the four of us here in this office we just we like helping people you know help help advise them and guide them to the biggest investment they've probably ever made in their life yeah I mean for a lot of people it really truly is right? it really is um Hardest deal. Ah, oh, man. Think for me. Um, well, one of the deals, I don't know if it was necessarily the hardest deal. Um, I uh, helped, uh, helped a client, uh, he and his wife um, were deployed. Okay. Um, he was in Korea, she was in Kuwait. And so we would do conference calls when one was waking up and one was going to bed. And so, you know, 11.30 at night, midnight was when our time was to, to kind of do that. Um, found him a house, did all the work, uh, purchased the house before they even saw it. How do they do that um, from another country? Like, uh, you can do it. Uh, it's a little difficult, uh, but you it. can do it. Um, and it's a lot of pressure because what if they don't like the house? Yeah, oh that's gosh. true. What if they don't? I mean, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars of a house that they're spending money, hoping that it's they're putting faith in me that uh, I'm gonna do right by them. Um, Which what would you do? Just like send them videos? Yeah, or? we would do. Yeah, we would do. We would do um, uh, Skype or uh, uh, FaceTime or something like that. So yeah. we'd send videos and do it all. So that, I mean, what they weren't totally blind, um, but at the same time, that's a, that's a lot of pressure that they're gonna like. The house, the neighborhood, all these things. Because if something goes wrong, it's ultimately on you. Um, so that was kind of tricky, just with with timing and stuff. Um, I've had. Do they uh, love it? Oh, they love it. They love and, it. And it's already appreciated like fifty six thousand dollars. Holy cow! Yeah. Um, the most heartbreaking one I've had. Now, one thing I will say um, is real estate. When you're when you're helping people buy and sell a house, like it's it's livelihoods stake it's not just a business transaction a lot of people see it as a business transaction um, but it's not it's so much more because when you get an offer on your house you're you're excited like oh my gosh I'm finally gonna sell my house I can finally move 
to uh, Mimi's house in Arizona. Yeah. Finally, right? You start laying on your movers, you do all these various things, and if something were to happen with that contract and fall through, you're devastated. Oh my gosh. You know, I just, I, it was unbelievable. One of the houses that um, I had listed, heartbreaking. Um, lady was buying it from Chicago, right? Um, their agent, I was listing it, their agent came and uh, did the video and everything like that and, and had it all set. She needed to sell her house in Chicago in order to buy the house that I was listing. Okay. Right, so it's contingent on herself. But along the whole process, everything's good, everything's good. Uh, she packs up, she quits her job up in Chicago because she's getting a new job down here. Um, packs up her house, has it in a moving truck outside the attorney's office up in Chicago on day whatever, right, the, the 8th, and they were gonna buy ours on the 9th. They were gonna drive all night and sign with the new house down here. Uh, she's there, her agent is there, the buyer's agent is there, and the lawyer is there sitting at the table. The person who didn't show up was the buyer. The buyer wired in the money to buy the house and just never showed up. So called, was there an accident? What's going on? And she said, I just don't wanna buy it. I decided I don't wanna buy the house. So with that person not being able to buy her house, she is not able to buy the house that I had listed. She has no job. She has a moving truck full of stuff literally sitting in the uh, parking lot of the attorney ready to drive down to buy this house. My buyer now had, or my seller down here had all their plans lined up. All that got scrapped. So, you so know, what happened? It, it was in a lawsuit up there. Now down here, the laws are different than up there. I believe lawsuits happened, um, and I, I, I kind of lost track because I needed it. my job was to my client to get it back listed yeah. and sold. And did you? Yeah, it, we, we, we relisted it. You got it sold, everything like that. But it threw a kink in everybody's plans. I mean, it's a three-way parlay of all these moving pieces. Um, and a lot of people just think, oh, you're buying and selling a house, or you're in sales, you're doing this. But it, it's so much more than that because Everybody, whether you're buying something, if you're representing the buyer, they're excited to buy a new house. If you're representing the seller, they're doing something later on with the money or with their lives or with whatever. And when things go south, like it really affects people. Like a lot of people don't understand the, the emotional toll that it takes. And so what I tell people is when you're gonna enter a contract, whether to buy or sell, don't take it lightly because people are moving pieces to, to get these things done, you know, get, get these things done. And uh, God forbid something happens in the process, it's your job to try and everything you can to, to keep that contract together because um, that's what you're paid to do. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're representing your client. You have to put your client's best interest ahead of your own. Um, and that's something that I take, you know, to heart every day. Um, that uh, everybody asks me all the time money questions about this and that. It's, it's really not about the money. If you do the right thing, money will happen. You know, you'll get a paycheck at some point um, if you do the right thing and hopefully get referrals and, and kind of work it that way. But your number one priority needs to be for your client and looking out for your, best, your client's best interest. Um, there have been a couple, last year I sold a couple houses pro bono, just didn't take anything. Um, helping them out in the situation they were in um, in order to make things work. You know, give up your commission and just do it for free and not take a paycheck um, because you're just doing the right thing by people. So 
Um, I'd like to think that I'm living my life the right way and doing the same thing in business. And um, thus far, it's it's paid off for me um, with the success that we've had here at Trophy Point. Um, I like it. Like I like that how you put that for sure. I think that that's important. And I, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, like I guess that's something that a computer really can never figure out, right? Like how could it? Because like I'm sure with when emotions are heightened. Right, like you become, you start instead of managing the deal, you kind of have to start managing the people at part of the Absolutely. deal, right? So, the the contracts and the the computer part of it's the easy part, right? Writing a contract and doing amendments and doing all that stuff, uh, setting expectations, holding people's hands through the process, sometimes literally holding older folks' hands who <laughs> haven't done this in forty years, making sure that they know all along in the highs and the lows, and you're along for the ride. I mean, the same emotions that that the, the buyers and the sellers have, you have too, because you're, you're, you're a team. I mean, you're, you're working together. Um, but you gotta, you gotta, you just, you gotta do what's right. You gotta look out for them and make sure that you're doing everything you can to, to put their best interest first. Um, let's say, hypothetically, there was a new agent, day one, what's advice that you're giving them? Like, how do you get successful in, in or, you know, what was some, if you could go back and talk to day one you, what do you say? Yep, so best way for uh, an agent to be successful is get with a good team and have a good mentor, have a good broker who will stop what they're doing and answer your questions. Because you take your real estate exam, you get tested, and you use about 2% of everything you learn. Everything you learn in class, you don't use it. I mean, that's how it is in every it's how you right? do it in every yeah. possession, right? And um, you know, using going to smaller brokerages, there are a lot of boutique smaller brokerages. It's more hands-on. Then you have your bigger brokerages that you know have hundreds of people like that. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. Everybody runs a business differently. Um, but any agent getting, you know, getting out, starting this profession, uh, needs to be, uh, you know, taught. You know, good mentor. Have them shadow you. Uh, you're gonna ask a ton of questions and you need somebody who knows what they're doing um, and is willing to provide you some help and assistance. So um, I've been, I was very fortunate in my career to have Rich. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to pay for with, with Pat and Kelly um, as they're you know, ramping up their careers. Like I said, Pat's doing about a year, Kelly's about six months in now. Um, and the longer you're at it, the less phone calls you have to take right. with how it is. But uh, I'm all I'm all about helping helping out as much as I can, which I'm sure at some point, right? Like you become like a buffer for rich, like oh, so yeah. yeah, big time. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes I ask a question, I'm like, hey, you got to ask rich, you know, got to ask rich. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. And some things I, I like I said, I've been doing it three years, and between all my deals, I, I have a wealth of knowledge, but by no means do I know all of it. Right. Um, nor does he. Yeah, I, I've I've, had, I've sent him some stumpers. Um, Does he have to make a call? He's had to make some calls <laughs> on my behalf as well. So, um, like I said, you learn something new every transaction. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you get, then you have some, some difficult clients um, who, uh, you know, sometimes don't know what they want. Sometimes they know what they want. Sometimes they're too picky. Sometimes they're not picky enough. Um, I've had clients who you show 10 houses and they love all 10 of them equally. Like, no, you can't, you, you got to rank order them somewhere, yeah. right? And then you so, show others, you've been 20 houses and none of them are perfect, perfect enough. Um, I mean, I, most, I've, most houses I've showed somebody, I think it was in the 50s or 60s. Um, uh, ultimately, they didn't buy. Um, but hey, that's part of the game, right? It happens. So they still haven't bought? Like they never bought? Uh, 
Or at least... Not, not that I know of. Yeah, okay. Not okay. that I know of. Um, and then I have others that, uh, you know, it'll be a day or two, and they're like, this is what I want. I know it. Let's do it. Um, How often is it like somebody calls you and they're like, hey, I saw this on Zillow. I want to buy it. Very, very rarely. They think they want to buy it. Um, and I work with a lot of first-time home buyers. So a lot of first-time home buyers. Another good thing about Zillow, right? Or the not thing about Zillow, um, explaining the process, right? What is the, what is the sales process? You're going boom, 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 boom. You can't get that online. You, you can't. No, yeah, they can't, don't offer that at all. They're just like, they don't, yeah, they're hey, like, enter in the numbers in this calculator, and this is how much your payment's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but very, very rarely do you say, do you, do you get, hey, this is the house I want, just write an offer. I yeah. want to say maybe... Maybe one time, it was for a military relocation. Well, I guess with investors too, right? Does that mean, like, does that make that number go up at all? Like, if you're talking about first-time home buyers, I can understand yeah. like one time. Like, if you include the investors, like, does that happen a lot with investors, or kind of the same? Um, that statistic kind of said the same. No, investors probably a higher percent with investors because with investors, just it's it's a mathematical equation. Yeah. You know, if the numbers work or don't work. Um, you know what we do for our investors. Uh, you know, Pat and myself. For the for the ones that aren't here and can't see things in person, we preview every every house that they want, um, and between our own personal investments that we've done over the years, and working with our slew of investors that we have, we know exactly how much renovation costs is. We know you know our we know all the things to look for between neighborhoods and structure and all the ins and outs to know if it's a good investment. We pretty much know probably. 30 seconds in a house, whether or not it's gonna be a good deal for somebody. Just because you do enough of it, you just kind of know. Um, and so with an investor, they don't really care, uh, which sounds terrible, but I mean, they're, they're about numbers. If I can get my return, I'll get my return. Sure, let's buy it, let's do it. Um, so yeah, that, that number goes up a little bit with an investor because if the numbers work, the numbers work. Right. Um, what do you use like educational resources? Like, is there anything anybody you're following right now, or anything you're reading? Uh, right now, I'm just trying to uh, get all these deals off the board. <laughs> right now, <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I'm in a I'm in a good position. Business has been uh, business has been very good for, for all of us here in the office. Um, so yeah, it, it's I wake up uh, 5:30 every morning um, to to get a little bit of work done before my girls wake up before I drop them off to school. And then I hit the ground like a tornado almost seven days a week, um, doing everything I can to, to, to do my job. What time does your work take usually in? I would say I try and shut it down around seven o'clock um, after dinner. So Which if I asked you and your wife, that would be the same answer. No, if you ask her, she's gonna say no, uh, because my phone's always ringing. Right, my phone's always dinging. I don't always answer it. You know, in the evenings, I try and take some time off. Yeah. Um, but I mean, my phone's always dinging, either a text or a phone call or something like that, and I, I'll get to it um, as uh, as quickly as I can. It's hard. It's tough. Man. It's you know what I mean? Because like, you don't want to like lose the client or lose yeah. the lead or whatever, you know, yeah. or let something fall through because you didn't answer a phone call, and, like. Well, but I mean, two things on that, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do better at this, right? When you're new, because real estate, it's eat what you kill, yeah. right? If you don't, if you, you're not eating, if you're not selling houses, yeah. Um, and so you don't want a sale to go by. You want to catch every single one. So you're always, you want to be Johnny on the spot. Boom, let me get it, let me get it, let me get it. And over time, once you grow a book of business and become a little bit successful and have some success behind you, you can sometimes let some of those phone calls go because you're not needing it 
as much as you were when you were first starting. Like an old fat line. There you go. Just like an old, <laughs> just like an old fat line. Exactly. I don't want to chase that gazelle today. Uh. Um, so you never want to be complacent, but you also have to balance. Um, like I have a family. I have a wife and two kids. Um, and it's very important that I try and think of them as a client as well. Yeah. Right? So when I'm with my clients, I'm with my clients. Period. Um, I mean, you've called me a couple times, and I can't get to you because I'm, I'm, I'm with them. I'm not yeah, gonna, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt somebody, and I would want the same. You know, when I'm with somebody, not to be interrupted. So, um, from family time, uh, you know, you want to try and set aside time that if they were your client buying a house, well, I mean, you're still investing in them, just time and love and family and raising kids and stuff like that. Uh, but that's a hard thing for me because, uh, you know, I'm always wanting to not lose a client and help everybody out. I'm always saying yes. I'm very rarely saying no to people. Um, and I need to, I'm trying to do a better job of delineating and making sure that, you know, when it's daddy time and, and you know, family time that, hey, I'm not trying not to pick up my phone and stay focused on, you know, my most important client, which is my wife and my kids. Which I found that to be, I think there's something, I don't know, if I'm, maybe I'm just surrounded by people in real estate, so my perception is, you know, I've got blinders sure. on, but if, in pe- people in real estate especially, it seems like get really passionate about real estate. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of guys that I talk to, they have that same problem with their family, right? Like, not problem with their family, but you know what I mean? Where, you know, balance is like a real, it's an issue, you know? I mean? It is. I mean, it was, it was really bad when I started. My wife would say it's probably still bad. <laughs> uh, I, think it's, I think it's getting better. Um, but because when you're passionate about something and you love doing it and you love helping people out, um, it's hard to tell people no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you want to. And, it, and, and once again, it has nothing to do with uh, any monetary conversations you may or may not get from a yeah. deal. It's like, hey, I can't. I mean, I we, we manage houses. I'll get a phone call uh, like at 11 o'clock at night. I lock my keys. Can you bring me over an extra set of keys? My keys are locked in the house. Like, it's raining. It's 11 o'clock. What am I going to say? No, sleep on the street. Like, no, get in my car and I drive over at 11 o'clock, open up the door for him because it's the right thing to do, you know? Um, but try, trying to balance, it's just hard, man. Because you, you always want to you, you do the best you can for your, yourself, professionally, personally, family. Um, and it's just hard to balance. But you do just every day try and do better, right? You're not, never going to be perfect. Just be better. Did you have a problem? Did you feel like that was like a problem before you got into real estate? Like, has it always been like a problem? Have you always been like... I've always, your work? I've always, no, not, not with that because um, this is the hardest I've had to work my entire life. Um, uh, because, once again, it's eat what you kill. Yeah. It wasn't a paycheck, no golden handcuffs, no standard pay, benefits. Whether you worked extra hard that day or not hard, you're still getting paid the same. This, you're hustling. If you're being successful, you need to hustle every day and work hard every day. And it's addictive. Um, it is addictive. Yeah, like but not even just the monetary part. Like it's just addictive in general. Helping people to me is addictive. I've always, ever since I was a kid, I never liked to let people down, and that's one of my flaws of you know just. Well, real estate. That's a dangerous habit or a dangerous uh, it's, trait. It's very dangerous, <laughs> and I get myself in way over my head with saying yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. Where in actuality, most people, and maybe even myself, I should be like, no, I can't. I can't do that. That's not. But it's just it's it's against my nature. I've always I've always been that kind of person. Yeah. Um. To to do for others. Um. And so it's just extra dangerous in real estate when uh, when you're doing that proactively. I mean, I was it just 
I put it in doing the right thing, being a good person, yeah. doing the right thing. That's what it is. So, do you uh, ever do you feel like you suffer from burnout at all? Right. So, like you're operating at a high level, you're working all the time. Like, how have you staved off burnout? Um, I've not yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have not so um, I need uh, burnout is a definite thing um, that you can work so hard. You need to try and have a balance. Um, I haven't taken much time for myself in, honestly, a year and a half or so. Um, I mean, you take, take vacation or uh, uh, like birthdays and Christmas stuff. Yeah. Like I try and relax a little bit, but like um, I don't have a very, I personally don't have a very good work-life balance. I'm working way too much. Um, I love, I grew up being a golfer, golfed all the way through. Um, growing up, golfed in college. I was on the golf team collegiately. Um, love golf. I played one round of golf all year. Right? That, that kills me. Um, but other things to me are more important. Right? Golf's taking a second seat to my clients, my family, stuff like that. Um, I haven't taken a vacation this year yet. Well, now, a lot of it we tried with COVID, but that was a, yeah. that's a convenient excuse for me to yeah. say, hey, I'm just working. Um, but once again, it's hard for me to take time off because I, I value my clients and I want the best for them. How can I take seven, ten days off and not? Now, luckily, now that I'm not by myself anymore, I have a very capable team yeah. to do that. Like, Patch is getting back from a vacation and I covered down on a whole, all his deals. Um, and they would absolutely do the same for me. Um, just I just haven't had the uh, availability yet to do it. Um, have I reached that burnout stage? No. Am I close? I think I'm probably am a little bit. Really? Um, because, uh, you know, I'm juggling, uh, I think I've got 11 active contracts right now. Yeah. Um, and without some, you know, assistance here in the office and we're all helping each other out, um, you know, you can manage, you know, six, seven moving pieces, but once you kind of get above that, you're really starting to scramble a little bit. Um, and so, like I said, with the assistant, with, with Raphael, who's, who's our assistant, he's helping manage a lot of that stuff. Um, but you can't continue to stay at that high level um, for too long. You're going to you're gonna have to come down a little bit. But like you said, it's kind of addicting, right? I mean, how do you not take a phone call when somebody's like, hey, hey, when I want to, can you help me buy a house? Am I going to say no? I mean, I guess the, the psychology answer would be, yeah, you got to say no. Um, the realistic answer is, let's go look at houses, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that, that doesn't help me with a little bit of a lull. Now, inevitably, now the other thing in real estate is cyclical, right? Inevitably, things will ebb and flow, right? It's never like the stock market or anything else. We're in a, we're in a great market right now, but eventually it's going to slow down to some extent somewhere. Yeah. Um, and while it's good, I mean, get while they're getting good. When people are, are able and willing to, to buy and sell, that's what you need to do. You have, you have plenty of time. Uh, to, to be in a lull and twiddle your thumbs when the, you know the market's kind of different so yeah. that that also is a convenient excuse that makes me sleep at night with the uh, <laughs> with the way that I'm kind of running my business but yeah do you think it contributes like so I mean you were by yourself for two years right in your house mm -hmm. so like to see it go from that to this I can imagine like it's a, like it's even more so addictive now it's getting busy because you you were working hard when there wasn't that much coming in yeah so how you know like and I found, I mean, like, I just speak from, like, that's kind of how we feel. That's kind of how I feel anyway. Like, when we first started, we were at Starbucks, right? And we were working, like, yep. 
from a Starbucks like hard all the time, even when we had nothing coming in. And now it's getting busy. It's like hard to stop at night. Hard to it is because you feel like you're gonna like lose it almost. I feel like you know? at the end of it, at, at at the end of the day, you won't lose it. No, I know. Um, yeah. And even though you know that in your heart, you need to learn that in your mind. And I'm still <laughs> having a hard time. I'm like, they're still gonna be there. My wife, my wife, God bless you. She's wonderful. She's such a great, you know, companion for me um, and a cheerleader for what I do. And she's like, you know, if you just turn the phone on silent and turned it off, like they'll still be there when you call them back in three hours. Yeah. You know, you don't need to take your phone to the pool. You don't need to take your phone, you know, with you all the, all the time. Um, they're, they're not gonna go somewhere else, you know, just cause you don't pick up two seconds after they call. And, and you know that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, back to the balance, right? You're trying to, trying to balance it all. Um, you said, I've been doing this three years now, so your, your younger folks are go, go, go like I was. Now I will say this. You know, I'm seeing I'm seeing both Kelly and Pat doing things now that I was doing a year that, that I was doing in year one that I really don't want to do anymore. <laughs> right? I yeah. I don't. And and uh, Rich, he's been doing this now 15 years, right? And he tells me stories. He was doing the same stuff I was doing, and he's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm beyond that. I don't. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to. Well, your time becomes valuable, more valuable, right? Your so time like, becomes more valuable. Yeah. Exactly. So now that you're once you grow and you're established. Uh, and you're more comfortable in yourself and everything like that. Uh, once that sphere, once you're, you know, expanding your sphere and, and things are kind of happening for you where you're manufacturing your luck, so to speak, um, you don't have to be uh, chasing as much. Um, you always want to stay hungry, but um, I've, I've told my family that I'm not going to uh, run an hour and a half away on a Sunday to show a house for, you know, anything really. It's just not something that I want to necessarily do. I want to yeah. be able to, to kind of phase out of that initial stage into a, a good growth stage and then down the road to a maintenance stage where I can, you know, be comfortable with the operation of the business, uh, still contribute to life and society and not just seven days a week. Uh, I mean, I don't want to sell real estate seven days a week for the next 40 years of my life. Right. You know. What do you want to do? So, like, is this your end game? Like, do you want to, re like, and obviously, no, you yeah. always want to be a part of Trophy Point, right? Obviously, sure. you always want to be um, in the game in some way, but uh, is that, is this your, pa like, is this your long-term passion, or, or is this, like, a means to kind of get where, somewhere else? No, I think this, I think for me, this is long-term passion. Um, I think I'll be doing this, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any uh, desires or wants to do anything else. So I'm not thinking, hey, two years from now, I'm going to do something else or I'm going to transition out of this. Um, at some point, you know, I'm in my early 40s. At some point, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a step back and do less. Uh, but I mean, I'll always be in real estate. I mean, I was, I got the real estate bug 20 years ago. Yeah. And once you're bit, like, you don't, it doesn't go away. Like, I'll be, I'll be that 80-year-old dude hunting a deal. <laughs> you know, I, did, I, I will. Now, yeah. am I going to be doing that full time? Hopefully not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hopefully I don't have to. Um, but, but seven uh, properties, I mean, that's retirement, right? Like, which yeah. do you plan on scaling that? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, we, we so between that and then, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing a whole bunch of different things in different kind of pots to scale and everything like that to try and set up for, and that's anybody should, you know, in any, any kind of industry, any kind of business. You always want to set yourself up for retirement, yeah. Right? Um, just, it's just fortunate that uh, retirement for me, I can still do what I love to do, which is real estate, even in retirement. Um, 
I think most people would, would agree that you want to do something that you want to do, not that you have to do it. Right? Yeah. You don't want to yeah. have to work. You want to work because you like doing it and you like making money, but you don't want to have to work to pay your bills. Yeah. So at some point, whenever that is, and some people, it's early on, right? Some, especially the, the millennials, um, you know, you do a, do some good apps and do some whatever and you sell it and guess what? You're, you're a Zuckerberg. You're 30 years old and a billionaire. Good for them. Others work their whole life until they're 70, making minimum wage to try and make ends meet. And then you get people in the middle who try and, you know, make, make good choices and make good decisions in, in their lives, you know, professionally and pers- in, in business, professionally and personally, um, to try and get to a balance of where you want to do things instead of have to do things. So, like, my end game is, yeah, I'd love in the next, you know, by the time I'm 50, yeah. you know, start enjoying the fruits of my labor. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've always wanted to do, I mean, I, I don't want to be that uh, uh, older person who's never enjoyed life. Now he can, but his body won't let him. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. want to work, 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 be 85 years old and want to go rock climbing and my body can't, I can't go rock climbing. Um, I want to be able to enjoy those things while I can still physically do it. Do you exercise? I do. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I think that's like really important, right? I find that since I've been exercising like every day, like yeah. I've been feeling like a lot better. You just feel better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exercise, and it doesn't take much. You don't need to do like an hour in the gym or nothing like that. Um, just doing something, staying active, exercising. You're, you're just. I mean, there are studies, and I mean, all your your levels of all these things go up and down, and you know, you just feel better when you exercise. But staying fit, stay, you know, being active. Yeah, I don't want to be a. I don't want to be an old guy not being able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. I want to be a young guy enjoying the fruits of my labor it's interesting I like to, I, the reason I asked the workout question is because actually I asked like a lot of people that yeah. and a lot of the guys that are range on the side of successful in the, what they're doing they all exercise mm-hmm. it's kind of funny like that's like a commonality I wonder if it is because that mindset of thinking in the future you know what I mean yeah well and one of the things I'm trying to trying to transition into um, and there are all these you can read all these you know blogs and books and you know, listen to the podcasts of successful people and what they do. And, and there seems to be a trend, right, of people who are successful. They, they normally wake up early, they exercise, you know, all, all these various things yeah. as, a, as a whole they do. And it's like, well, are they successful because they do that? Or are they, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Yeah. You know, is it, are they that way because they're successful or they're that way and then become successful because they're that way? Um, but one of the, um, uh, it was an ex-Marine uh, special maybe special forces. Somebody said uh, people said people start their day totally wrong. They said they wake up in the morning and they decide what they want to do for the day. Right? He goes, that's all wrong. He said you need to at night come up with your plan of what you want to do the next day. So when you wake up, you execute. Yeah. There's no thinking. Yeah. Um, and I've learned when I've done that, and I don't. I need to do it every day. I need to do it religiously. I try and do that. I have much more successful days when I wake up and I already have my plan and I'm able to execute, uh, then when I wake up and I don't have my plan and I'm thinking of what I gotta do today, because it just wastes time, you don't start off on a good foot, you kinda get behind the eight ball. Um, and it kinda sucks on your mental energy, right? So you're not doing energy. everything at 100% at that point. You're not, because you're thinking. Yeah, so, what and, do I need to do next? Yeah, yeah. And, and there are studies out there, you know, thinking versus doing and what all it does with, I mean, it's, the science is there. So I'm trying to, to at the end of each day, uh, 
you know, have my list of things to accomplish the next day. So when I wake up, I can hit the ground running. Um, but yeah, w wake up, work. Like I said, my wife would say too many hours, <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's just kind of how I do it. We so chicken before the egg thing. I find it's kind of interesting. So going back, like when you were when you were growing up, were you that way? Like, did you have like the habits of successful people growing up? You know, I don't know. So it, it's interesting. So I grew up. Um, and I left home, I went to college, I was 18, when I graduated, went to college, um, and haven't been back since. I mean, I, I, mean, I go back to visit yeah, times yeah, a yeah. year, but I, like, I, I haven't lived back there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, more than half of my life, I don't, you don't know what you were like when as a kid. Yeah, you kind of know what you were like as a teenager, and I think I was a pretty responsible teenager uh, for the most part, but I mean, I don't, I can't think back and say, hey, was I always this way and that's how I am? Or was it, you know, for, in my case, going through West Point for four years, that changes you like to the core. And then when you're in the military for another five or eight years, um, that changes you. So when you come out of your military service, like I didn't know for, you look at yourself and I'm like, is this how I always was? Or is this who I turned into because of, you know, the, the time that I spent, uh, you know, the formative years of your life? How, how well that turns out to be. Right. So so I don't have an answer for that because I don't, I don't know if I was always that way. Um, is West Point College, uh, that's what you kind of, like, is that's where you went to college? Yeah, that's Okay, I'm not yeah. sure exactly how West Point yeah, works. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. It's a, uh, United States Military Academy. Okay, so they force you to wake up early? Or, you know, oh, it's, not, it's, it's, you know. yeah, yeah, no, it's all regimented. Everything, yeah. yeah, you wake up, it's, 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 it's pretty intense. So like when you turn 18, you really didn't have like a moment, like that, so that's what you mean, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, to an extent, I mean, think of all your, your boot camp movies, right? Yeah. Like when you're in the army, structure, 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 everybody wakes up at, you know, whatever time, shine your shoes, get dressed, go to breakfast, do formation, it's boom, 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 all the way down for four years. It's very structured, very regimented. Um, but it, it, it changes you as who you are. Um, now, they want to grab people who are of like mind and like ability to get in, like any college application process would be. Yeah. Um, so everybody who's there kind of has the same, similar mindset and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what I was like. I really honestly don't know what I was like before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I went there. Um, I know what I'm like on the backside. Which did you snap back? Like when you first got out of West Point? Or out of the military? Was there like a reverse? Or was it just like... Not really. Like some of it fell off? It's a gradual... I mean, I remember... Uh, you know, there's some habits that I still do. Like when I... You know, just... It's ingrained in you. And then other things like running. I hate running. I hate running. <laughs> and if I don't need to run again, I would never run again in my life without a have to. You have to run every day in the Army. Right? Yeah, For PT, yeah, you, PT you're running. Yeah. Uh, when you get out of the Army, you start running like, Who, who's chasing me? Why am I running? I don't want to run. What the heck with this? So that just kind of drops off. Um, but there, there are, I would say there are more positive benefits on the backside that I still live and, and have today than, than things have dropped off. Okay. So now that being said, um, you've known me for you know, a while now. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I, I tend to think I'm not a very militant kind of person. Not kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, mostly when I, you know, if I tell people I was in the Army or, or where I went to, went to school, um, they're kind of shocked because I don't fit that kind of mold of regimented, you know, what you see yeah. on TV and what you think. So, um, 
I love I love the four years that I was there. It made me into the person I am today, um, and I hope I can continue to be successful. I think it's funny too because it like we were talking before about the like you like society blows up, not unjustifiably so, but sometimes they put certain characteristics to people that are coming out of the military. Absolutely. Right? And yeah. it's funny because I was like I was just thinking the story that I had with Pat. One time, I can't remember what Pat said, but Pat said, I'm scared. I said, Pat, you're a freaking army ranger. What do you mean you're scared? Like, but it's funny because he's just another dude. He's just, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're all, but like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, it, you run across so many people. Everybody comes from different cultures and yeah. different backgrounds and everything else. Um, and it's never a bad thing to be vulnerable and be honest with people. Yeah. I mean, people like yeah, yeah, the honesty yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. You don't need to be. A lot of people put on a false bravado of oh, I'm this or I'm that. Yeah, which you very easily could have done. Which you know, you, Pat's you, genuine yeah. dude. So, oh, yeah. very genuine dude. Yeah. And and uh, that's what makes him likable. Yeah. Once again, you do business with people that you know that you like. Yeah. Um, being honest, being an everyday person, uh, is what who we are. And uh, and I'm sure not everybody likes us. I'm mean, there are some people out there who probably don't like us. Uh, I'd like to think most people probably do because I think we're probably. You know, generally good people. Yeah. But, uh, but hey. It's funny, you know, on TV and everything, like, you hear, like, the, the real estate industry so cutthroat and, like, whatever. And I'm sure that that happens within brokerages and whatever. I'm sure there's things I don't see. But by and large, people in Savannah, in the real estate industry, everybody seems to get along pretty well. For the most like, part. Like, I found that to be... For the most part. Um, a lot of people don't talk poorly of other... People, you know, what yeah. I mean, that are in the industry. There are a yeah. few people that are on our list, right? Everybody's got, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, a few yeah. people that are on the yeah. list. You know, lenders and, and some realtors and stuff that you've had some. For me, once. Some, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we're we're a very uh, amiable uh, group of, of realtors here because at the end of the day, we're all trying to get to the same goal. Yeah. Whether you're buying a house or selling a house, you're all working together on the same team to get to the same goal. Um, and it hasn't hit that point yet, right? There's still so many deals here. Just, there's no shortage. It's and that's crazy. where I'm... And back to the splitting a dollar. Like anybody who wants to be competitive, that's, if it's in your nature, great. Um, and more power to you. But it's not like anything's drying up where there aren't any houses to be, uh, you know, bought or sold. I mean, it's just... It's, it's yeah, as much as you want to work, um, you, can, you can find the deals. But you do have to hustle. You do. Yeah. Things don't come... The, the I'll, I'll say back to the... Back to the question you had about a young agent, um, don't expect anything to be given to you, right? If you're if you're uh, sitting around the office waiting for your phone to ring, it's probably not going to ring. Uh, you got to go out and make something happen. What are some things that you guys do? Like, so you get out of the office. Like, what are you guys doing when you're out of the office? Like, just networking. I don't. You don't want to give like oh, trade right. secrets. But yeah, like, no, no, no. Everything, everything. I mean, like I said, I I I talk to and take meetings with anybody and everybody because you never know. Who, who they are or what they need. I have found in Savannah, um, it's basically two degrees of separation between anybody and them needing your services of some sort. Either the person you're talking to or somebody that that person knows needs to buy a house, sell a house, invest in a house, do property management. Almost two degrees, that's about it. So the more people you know, the more people you talk to, um, you can call it network. You don't even need to do networking uh, like you don't even need networking groups per se. Um, just be a nice person and talk to people. You know, strike up conversations with people wherever you are. Um, you got to let people know what you do. Right? Nobody's going to assume that you're a realtor. Now, I'm not saying uh, you just everybody you talk to. Hey, Three foot rule. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 you don't. You don't want to do that. 
Um, but you got to ask for the business. You got to you got to tell people what you do, and and if you can help them, I'd love to help you. Um, Are you guys part of any networking groups around town? Uh, I was part of one networking group um, prior to COVID, and then we kind of stopped. Um, Which one was ho- it? Hopefully, uh, hopefully pick back up um, uh, when when COVID when COVID stops. But when we leave. Um, the office where they're looking at deals. Yep. Right. So we're doing showings either with clients or virtual. Um, we're doing previews of houses. We're looking at houses uh, for ourselves because we still invest in real estate. Yeah. Right. So we're looking at deals. Um, we're meeting people, meeting contractors, um, doing listing appointments. Uh, you know, in your free time, if you're not doing anything, drive around town. Drive around town. Learn the, learn the town you're in. Um, I get a, I get questions a lot. Hey, is this area a good good area? Is this area a good area? I don't drive. You go. You, you decide. Because uh, you know, if I'm always telling you the answer, then you're never gonna learn for yourself. You're always just gonna call in. Not that I wouldn't pick up the phone, yeah. but like eventually you need to know that hey, this neighborhood's a good or bad neighborhood. Um. So yeah. So when we're we're out, we're we don't have a lot of free time. I'll say that we don't do a lot of free time during the day. Um, and then when we're in the office, um, we're working on business, you know, working on contracts, working on deals, handling phone calls, text messages, all of that. And then trying to, on top of doing stuff for our clients, trying to run our business, trying to run Trophy Point and grow it with, uh, you know, uh, marketing and, and all those other things that come along with uh, growing a small business. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, where can people find you? So, Trophy Point. Uh, TrophyPointRealty.com okay. is our website. TrophyPointRealty.com. Which um, I'll tag below. Yeah, tag below. Uh, we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. Okay. At, at TrophyPoint. Uh, at TrophyPointRealty. Um, and all our contact information is there. So, yeah. So, online, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, you can find us. Perfect. Sounds good. Appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks.